Hello, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a return guest. We're always happy to have him on the show. Return guest, who are you? <laughs> Santa Claus, of course. Santa! How right could here. you possibly have a movie, a, a, a Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> podcast and not have Santa Claus? <laughs> You're here that, early. Yes, that, the Famous Muppet Christmas Carol enthusiast, Santa Claus. Now, I'm not in this. I'm in a lot of Christmas movies, but not this one. I don't know why. <laughs> You're just a fan. You're I have to fan. assume that Santa is a fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Absolutely. It's hilarious. <laughs> and now comes the moment when I'm sitting here wondering... If our guest is going to stay in character as Santa for the entire episode. I will not. I will not stay in character. <laughs> hello, everyone. It's me, Matt Wilkie from Tough Cakes. Matt Wilkie. Hello. Hello. Well, wow, I thought it was Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> he's on my wish list. Paul F. Tompkins, oh, if you're really? listening, send us an email. He, I mean, he's obligated be, oh. to listen to every single podcast, right? It kind of seems like he's obligated yeah. to be a guest on every podcast. He, yeah, eventually. Yeah. You, you won't even know it. You can't book him. He just shows up and he's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to talk about Gonzo. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, he'll just enter the, the, the call one of these days and surprise yeah. us. Yeah, that'd be great. But anyway, um, Paul F. Tompkins is not here today, but uh, Matt is here today to talk with us about minutes 41 and 42 of The Muppet Christmas Carol, in which Fozziewig's annual Christmas party begins. And we pick up at the beginning of this clip uh, with Fozziewig standing in the doorway of his rubber chicken factory, finishing the thought that he began last week. He, he finishes the sentence, Work! It's Christmas Eve for certain. So, now... <laughs> We actually get to meet Fozziewig. We got a brief glimpse of him last week, but this is uh, Fozziewig. He's played by Fozzie Bear, of course, which just seems like the the filmmakers here got so lucky that there's this affable character named Fezziwig in the book, and they just happen to have this affable character named Fozzie. And yet, for some reason, they completely cut out the character Zootanigan. I mean, it's right there, <laughs> Zootanigan. Nowhere to be found in this film. So that's wow. right. What's your accuracy? Right. But here, I was going to say, Fozzie, Fozzie as Fezziwig is actually my favorite piece of casting in this entire movie. Like, even if even if the names weren't that similar, Fezziwig is like a wish fulfillment role for Fozzie. Sure. Right. Because Fezziwig is yeah. like a grand entertainer. He makes everyone laugh. Everyone loves him. You can imagine Fozzie being told that he's going to play Fezziwig in A Christmas Carol and just being like, yes, the, <laughs> the, the, the star of the show, everyone loves Fezziwig, best party. And then they just like turn him into Fozzie and have Stetler and Waldorf tell him he's not playing. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah. It's great. But, I love it. Right. And, but, you know, Fezziwig is, is apparently successful at, at what he does. He's, he's running this rubber chicken factory, which is rubber perfect chicken for Fozzie factory. too. So, yes, I imagine Fozzie was very happy to be cast in this part. Now, yeah. now, before we go inside, I, I just want to give a shout out to the outside of the frame and seeing that full body Fozzie. 
uh, and just just a little just a little shout out, just a little appreciation for the full body shots of any Muppets, but Fozzie especially. He has such a good belly for it yeah. and a good a good set of feet. A good set of feet on Fozzie. Yeah, those those bare feet. No pun intended. And I think that this is the first time we've seen him like standing up in a movie since the El Slizo. Is that right? Uh... Do we see I mean we see him like get thrown out of the the um taxi and like thrown out of Sardis and stuff like that. No, he doesn't get thrown yeah. out of Sardis. He's not I there. don't think we yeah, the taxi. see him full body in the Muppets take Manhattan, right? So you're probably right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. It's great to, to see because because that shot in the El Slizo is like one of my favorite things. I said yeah. this at the time. But <laughs> right. It's like, like the best. Just like Fozzie's like waving his belly. All of like, Fozzie like dancing that. on stage. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's good to see him again. Yeah, it's good, good to see, see all of him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and just to get this out of the way, uh, other adaptations of A Christmas Carol featuring established characters. In Here Mickey's Christmas Carol, Fezziwig was played by Mr. Toad of uh, uh, oh, I was gonna. I, oh, I thought I thought I was gonna get to guess. I definitely was. For oh, the record, okay. Well, there are only two more, but I will let okay. you guess the other two. I see. I should be doing this all along, making people guess. But okay, so um, Fezziwig also appears in the Flintstones Christmas Carol. Who do you think played him there? Oh, Fezziwig and the Flintstones. Um, <sighs> not that is it? Is it? Is it an established character, or is it like yes. a like a uh, okay? Um, the Great Gazoo. No, that actually would have been. I that fits, that. doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Who was it? Is it? Is it? Is it the Grand Poobah from the Order of Water Buffalo? No, I don't think he's in it. Actually, another good guess. Mm-hmm. It is Barney Rubble. Oh, really? Barney Rubble as Fezziwig. Yeah. Huh. Who would you All see right. Barney oh. Rubble playing if not Fezziwig in A Christmas Carol? Ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 So wait, who who plays who plays Bob Cratchit in the Flintstones one? Um, I don't. It's just like a, a Bob Cratchit. It's just like it's just like it's just like Bob Craggy or something. Like it's it's just like okay. a guy. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, we we just talked about it a few weeks ago, and I've already forgotten. So, <laughs> uh, and then in Rich Little's Christmas Carol, Rich Little doing a Every celebrity time. impression. Who do you think it was as Fezzi? I got a good guess. I got a good guess. Liberace. No, <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. That's a good one. Can I guess too? Yes. Uh, was that Jack Benny? No. <laughs> is, that, is that your guess every week? He's got to be in there somewhere. He's in there somewhere, <laughs> got, for sure. He's got to be there. Um, so it was probably... Arthur. Let's see. Paul, Paul uh, Lind was Bob Cratchit. So yeah, I'll tell you this. Similar to Paul Lind, I feel like this character does not fit Fezziwig. Okay, so let's see. It wasn't Johnny Carson, because he was nephew Fred. Right. <laughs> Um, is it Bob Edna? No. <laughs> Rich Little is Dame Edna. <laughs> um, was it was it Gene Stapleton? No, it was not oh. Gene Stapleton. Sadly. Okay, who is? It? I give up. Groucho Marx. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no. it's fine. I don't know how you no. get there, but yeah. yeah uh, it's, Rich it's, Little it's, as it's, Groucho it's, Marx as Fezziwig. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So that seems not funny. <laughs> so uh, Scrooge remarks to the ghost of uh, Christmas past that Fozziewig was a good employer, as hard and as ruthless as a rose petal. Um, yes, which is which is Jerry Jewell, by the way. That's, okay. that's not Dickens. I thought, oh, really? yeah, I, was, I, I wanted to ask you about that. 
Yeah. That's not in the book. Yeah. Like we have, we have been surprised kind of throughout the season by how many of the Dickensian lines were written by Jerry Jewell. It's, it's really remarkable how good he is at, at making his, his script sound like Dickens when it isn't. And the thing people always say is like, oh yeah, it's really one of the most faithful adaptations that, that retains so much of the, the Dickens prose. But that's actually not true because most of the Dickens prose is actually Jerry Jewell dialogue. Right. Much, I mean, much. I mean, there's there's a lot from the a book lot too, it, as yeah. we've seen. With, with, now, I, I haven't read the book. Um, is there a lot of dialogue or is it more like kind of action thought based? The, there actually is a fair amount of dialogue. Okay. It's a lot of like Scrooge said this, Marley. Like, you know, like the, the, the famous like. Uh, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips, like Scrooge really says that to, to Fred, you know, in that scene mm-hmm. or whatever, l- l- let me keep Christmas in my way, and you, but you don't keep it all that. I mean, that's dialogue right. in the book. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot. That's just one example that comes to mind, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this scene with Fozzywig does not have much. It's mostly description. That makes with sense. Fezziwig, rather. <laughs> right. I know it's so once it's in your head, it's, it's hard to, to not just think mm-hmm. of this character as Fozzywig. Uh, it's so Scrooge, obviously, so he, he's chuckling, he's smiling to see Fozzywig. He obviously has fond, happy memories of working for this guy, but he obviously also has not emulated his, his management style because Scrooge is neither, is, uh, ne- is neither as hard or as ruthless as a rose petal. Right, so he's just really hard. He's just actually hard. Yeah, he's just a mean guy. Uh, then Fozzie says, it's time for the party to begin. And Scrooge is very excited because he realizes that this is the Fozziewig Christmas party. Um, Gonzo is uh, now trying to pull Rizzo out of this barrel of icy water. Um, we see that for a second before we go into Fozziewig's. Um, right as we enter the factory, there's this whatnot who just passes in front of the camera and says, Merry Christmas. I love that, that guy. Yeah. That guy's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounded, well, it's, it sounded like a really deep, um, do you guys have a guess to who it is? Cause my it guess sounds is uh, like Bill Beretta, but I don't it sounds think like he's Bill Beretta, in this. Yeah. Like he's not there I, I, yet. He, he didn't join yet. Right. Cause he joined during, I guess he was working on dinosaurs really, yeah. by this time, but he's not, yeah, not doing mm-hmm. Muppets yet. Okay. Right. But yeah, I could see that. I kind of, yeah, I kind of wasn't sure who it was. I couldn't place it. Um, but I love that. Like, what I love about that puppet is that that's the kind of guy you just. We should describe him. He has just like blue skin and a green nose. Yeah, he's just like, he's the kind of guy who looks like he's about to sing "Autumn in New York" on the Muppet Show or something. <laughs> you know, like he's, sure, yeah. He's just like such a just random whatnot. And yeah, we, the kind of random whatnot that has disappeared from the Muppets in in the years since this. I feel like pretty much, if yeah. only because new projects are few and far between enough that they just fill the background with Muppets that we recognize instead of putting a lot of random whatnot right. and, and frackles and monsters in. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. We all like this guy. Um, I, yeah. So I don't, I don't think he has a name. Like I didn't really scour Muppet wiki for this, but just, just the guy who says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, so there are various humans and Muppets at this party um, including this one Muppet dog who is wearing clothing, but is just barking like a dog, not speaking like some of the other Muppet dogs. It's always kind of an interesting um, 
I don't know, an inter- interesting question of which Muppet animals are sentient and which ones are just animals. Quite, quite a wide spectrum on that. Yeah. 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 It's not often right. that we see one wearing clothes, but just making animal noises, I think. Right. And that is, um, isn't it the bartender from Dog City? No, he's also there, though. He's And he's also wearing clothing, oh, okay. but I don't think we hear whether yeah. he's speaking English speaking or, barking. or just making dog noises. I don't I don't know if we okay. get a good that enough... Was... Uh, yeah. Did he have a name in Dog City, that guy? Yeah, Bubba. It says it Bubba. on his apron. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> dog there, City there's rules. that scene when Colleen walks in and, and he says, Hubba, Hubba, and Ace says, Bubba. <laughs> Dog City is great. Everyone who hasn't seen it. Was it no, wait, wait. Was that was, was was that line a, a Dickens line? I couldn't tell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's from, <laughs> In the original the, the Dickens original version novella. of Dog City. Yeah. Hubba yeah. <laughs> hubba hubba. By the way, by the way, reminder that Jim Henson won an Emmy for directing Dog City. Yeah. And what well, well deserved because it ruled. Well deserved. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, it's in like we're saying, it's fun to just look at the background Muppets in a scene like this. There's a lot of rats, uh, some bunnies. Um, we also catch a glimpse of the Electric Mayhem. They seem to be the the band at this party. They're wearing period clothing. Um, they're they're using different instruments than we normally see them with. We'll see them play those instruments in a minute. We should also note about the Electric Mayhem that in the picture book adaptation of this movie that came out a few years ago, oh, yeah, Luke Flower. I assume Luke Flowers, the illustrator. I assume this was his idea. Animals Drum Kit says the Acoustic Mayhem. <laughs> oh that's great which it's such a great gag like it's one of those things where as soon as i saw it i was like that should be in the movie yeah <laughs> yeah i love that that yeah. I, I actually do not own a copy of that book i'm i'm ashamed to say but i from what i've seen of it it's just full of little little uh gags and and little things for the fans like that yeah it also um, i'm sure i don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the podcast later on in this in the seen at Scrooge, Scrooge's schoolroom, one of the books on the shelf is called Tough Pigs. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, too. That rules. Thanks, Luke. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Google it. Uh, so Gonzo comes in holding Rizzo, who is now completely encased in ice. He's he's a ratsicle. Uh, Gonzo briefly gets distracted by a chicken walking by, but then he smashes Rizzo on this barrel to to break the ice. A lot of barrels in this movie, actually, now that I think about it. Especially in this this big, particular scene. Big barrel time. Yeah. Victorian era. Heavy, heavy barrel time there, yeah. yeah. Um, did, you, did you guys think that when Rizzo was encased, he looked like delicious? Like he looked absolutely yeah. Oh, yeah. delicious. <laughs> would you you would eat that rat sickle? I would eat that rat sickle. I would I would imagine it tasted like marshmallow. Hmm. And that. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, my, it's extremely white. Yeah, my instinctive thought is that it would taste like one of those kind of frozen um, lemon ice confections. Mm. Like they usually come in a cup and you eat them with a spoon, but it's kind of like right. frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. <laughs> that, that's either what, way, I, I'm, either that's way, what I think the outside rat-sicle. of the, the ratsicle would taste like. <laughs> so I have another thought about the ratsicle. Okay. Which is, so w- Gonzo holds up the ratsicle, brings it down to smash it, and then we cut to a different shot where it actually breaks open. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And when it breaks open, we see all the ice fall away. Like, it's not like it cuts and now Rizzo's out of it. Right. It cuts and then we see, like, the ice falling off of it. 
So do you guys have a theory or do either of you know how, like, did they actually just smash the actual thing? Or was there like some sort of loose ice in that second shot? You, you know what I mean? I yeah, can't, I, I can't I tell. I don't know, looking. but I'm just so impressed by how seamless it is that I never noticed that that's actually three shots in quick succession. One right. yeah, of yeah. Gonzo kind of raising it up and then swinging it down. And then the the very quick shot of it smashing and Rizzo starting to shake it off. And then it cuts to another shot of Rizzo who's now like moving around out of the ice. So the middle shot might not even be the, like that might not even be puppeteered by Steve Whitmire at that point. It might just be kind of a lifeless Rizzo puppet that's, that's yeah. coming out of the ice. I really don't know, but it's, it works really well. It's a, it's a good theory. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks seamless. Yeah. This is, this is the kind of stuff that, that we come to the Muppets for. Where else do you get this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most other movies don't have to think about things like this. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get this puppet who's encased in ice out of the ice and then <laughs> moving around on his own? Um, Rizzo is exasperated. He runs off. Uh, so now Fozziewig is trying to get everyone's attention. Uh, about this time is when we first see the young Marley brothers, or as Scrooge says, the Marleys, as they were as lads. <laughs> and I, it just occurred to me in watching this that I don't... Do we know why the Marley brothers are invited to Fozziewig's Christmas party? Do we think they also work for Fozziewig? Is this where they met Scrooge? That's that's what I always assumed. Yeah. That, that like they two were apprentices to... To Fozziewig, which isn't in the book, obviously. Right. Okay. Okay. It's not, okay. Yeah that that was that was kind of my headcanon. That uh, yeah, I, I headcanon about Christmas Carol. That's that's funny. Um, that uh, that Marley was also an apprentice that had kind of grown and then opened their own business, and then the next apprentice was Scrooge. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So they they met at work. Uh, so this is Statler and Waldorf again as Marley and Marley. They both have dark hair because they're young. Which is weird to They're see. Lads. They're lads, yes. Um, and this, I th- to me, especially Waldorf looks weird, and it's because of the mustache. It somehow makes him look more different than Stabler. Well, he looks well. He looks like Sonny Bono. <laughs> he yes. does. Yes, that's what I've always yes. thought about young Waldorf. Young Waldorf yeah. looks like Sonny Bono. <laughs> young Stabler does not look like Cher. <laughs> no, no, at all. Hmm. Too bad. Um, I believe we had a discussion in a previous episode about which of them is hotter. Um, I guess we, we can <laughs> we can let the listeners uh, decide which which of the young Statler and Waldorf they think is hotter. <laughs> or Matt, if you want to chime in with your opinion, uh, Waldorf. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I said Statler, but I don't like actually study. remember. Yeah. I've always said Waldorf. I said it in the other app and I'll say it again. <laughs> All right. It's, it's something about him. Sure. Yep. <laughs> um, everyone's still chattering, though. Animal now walks into the foreground of the shot and yells, Quiet! Thank you. Because everyone gets quiet. So if, if Animal's only going to have one line in a movie... That's not a bad one. Like, it's a pretty no, nice movie. No, this pretty, is... It's a pretty good one. Really all we need from Animal, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought it was weird that he doesn't do like it makes sense that he doesn't do it to the camera, but it always felt like one of those like animals shouting at you, the audience, as well as the character. Yeah. Right. It's it's, yeah. it's like go home or whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 He does walk right up 
Like he, like I say, he's he's way in the foreground where where the, all the party guests are in the background. Yeah, so yeah. So, it does so kind of seem like he might turn and look at us at any second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, then he doesn't. Too bad. Um. So then, oh, but then in the same shot, I noticed Fozzie immediately starts talking, which means that one of these two Frank Oz characters is being puppeteered by somebody else. I don't know if it makes more sense that it might be Animal because then. Fozzie has more dialogue. I don't know, but yet another little detail I had not noticed if, before. If you were Frank Oz, which one would you have picked? Like, do you do the one that's like that has more dialogue in the scene? Is it like you know? Oh man, I, I do this all day. I just want to do like the quick, you know, shut up and yeah. then get out of the scene, and then somebody else can be Fozzie for a little bit. You know. So what? What would? Hmm. What do you think? What would you guess? My guess. My instinct is that. Animals' very brief line would be easier to dub later, mm-hmm. or even you know, to like, like kind of throw his voice and just do the line while he's yeah, under Fozzie. Could have done that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, if you're asking though, if it were me, I think I might want to do Animal for that one, that one line. Yeah, feels, yeah, it just feels be good, fun, you know, Take just because it'd break. be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then switch back to Fozzie for the rest of it. Uh, he says, uh, Fozzie says, welcome to Fozzie Wigan Mom's an- annual Christmas party. And he's right. Fozzie's Ma is there. We've talked about oh, her. So Molly. Yeah. When we talked about Muppet Family Christmas and the Muppets at Walt Disney World. But I think we all love Fozzie's Ma, Emily Bear. She's so great. And we said this before, but it's really too bad that they didn't continue to find places for her in the 90s stuff. I guess... That's mostly because Frank Oz was not around as much, therefore Fozzie was not around as much, therefore it wouldn't really have made sense, I guess, to have Fozzie's ma without Fozzie, but it's too bad we didn't see more of her. Yeah, she could have had a segment on Muppets Tonight. She absolutely could have, yeah. yeah you know, Giving why not? motherly advice, or who knows. Yeah, what, she, yeah. Could have, she could have sung a duet with Snoop Doggy Doo. Yes, <laughs> she certainly could have. Actually, that would be... so. That would be like the the Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg thing, where she would be filling the the Martha Stewart role, and Bunsen and Honeydew as Snoop Doggy <laughs> Doo would be Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, yeah. They could have hosted the uh, Puppy Bowl together, <laughs> like Martha and Snoop. Yeah. What a weird world we live in. It feels uh, like so. Mad Libs. It honestly feels like Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, celebrity right. and celebrity are hosting the celebrity this year. I mean, the uh, the TV special this year. The made-up event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Fozzie announces that it's a tradition for him to make a little speech. Uh, Jacob Marley says, and it's a tradition for us to take a little nap. That, that's a decent seller. That's, solid, that's a solid one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good I'll one. That's that good one. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then he's fumbling around for this piece of paper. He says, my speech. Here's my speech. Thank you all. And Merry Christmas. And that's it. That's the whole speech. That's that's all he's got. Um, I do want to mention our friend Kathy recently found an ad, I think on Facebook, for one of these shady online stores that was selling a t-shirt with the text of Fozzie's speech from this scene written on like the outline of Kermit's head. I assume this was not <laughs> officially licensed, like the opposite of officially licensed. Um mm-hmm. But it's out there somewhere. If anyone really wants a, a poorly made t-shirt that assigns this quote to the wrong character, 
them. Who who right. makes shirts like that? Like like who? <laughs> I mean, I, I've it's read, an audience of one. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I've read that some of the like, stuff is just kind of like driven by bots that like look. For, oh, that's yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah, look for well, that makes sense social because, media comments like, and. Like this is not at all a famous line from Muppet Christmas Carol. No, it's Thank really you not. all and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's 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 a very good joke, but it's not um like the best joke in that movie, let no. alone. Right, right. And yeah. and and it only it's only a joke in context. Like yeah. you right. see it on his shirt. And it's also and it's just not like, spoken oh, by Kermit. It's so. like, okay. It's not spoken by Kermit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's heard by Kermit, who would be in just yeah, right. there in this, in this photo. Yeah, where's Bob Cratchit when this party is going on? Who knows? He oh, wasn't even born yet. He was still a tadpole. Yeah. He's a tadpole. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's out there. Uh, and I, I know that Kathy has listened to this podcast uh, at times in the past. So, Kathy, if you're listening, hi. So, Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Marley says, that was the speech. Robert says, it was dumb. Then it was obvious. It was pointless. It was short. And they both say, I loved it. <laughs> Pretty good. Nailed Pretty it. good Stellar and Waldorf stuff. Good. This is this might be the last time Jerry Jewell ever wrote Stellar and Waldorf jokes, right? Because I mean, I don't know. He's he he worked on Treasure Island. Yeah, he's so a co-writer on Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, after that, then I don't know. Yeah, so this this might be one of the last times. I noticed for the first time watching this clip that the railing on that upper floor of the factory where Stellar and Waldorf are has open spaces between the bars. Like it's a railing that I guess goes all the way around the, the second floor, but there's spaces there, which means that if the puppeteers were just there crouching behind this railing, like they normally would, we would be able to see the puppeteers, which we're not supposed to do. So they have uh, piled up what looks like just burlap sacks or maybe even just sandbags. Um, so, our view of the puppeteers has been blocked. I don't know oh. how much of a, you know, if, if, if there was some sort of oversight where somebody showed up to the set and was like, Oh no, you can't have a, an open railing where the puppeteers are going to go. We got to fix this. But, um, but wasn't, wasn't this like the whole, everything set was made Muppet sized for this. Yeah. One? Like this one especially. Right? Yeah, yeah. Everything is very, uh, yes, that's, that's very short sighted. Yeah. For the, I mean, who knows? Maybe they planned it that way. Maybe they were always going to have, Bags Sand or sandbags, yeah. You know what they should have had there? Uh, more barrels. I need more barrels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should. They should gotta do it. Fill this this entire movie with more barrels. <laughs> so now I see. I'm thinking back, and I can think of other barrels in the movie. I wish we had been keeping track this entire time. Barrel count. What's it up to? Yeah, when they're skating at the Penguin Skating Party, Rizzo falls into a barrel. We should. We should have. We should have been counting. He does. Yeah. Um, you gotta re-record the whole season. Okay, we'll go back. Everyone, forget you mm-hmm. listened to all these episodes up to now. Clear your feeds <laughs> and your cookies, yes. and yes, restart. we're starting over. I'm doing my rap again. Oh, do you want to? Do you want to do that right now? <laughs> no. Do you want me? To? <laughs> no, I would just be curious to see if you actually could do it uh, from memory. Another thing about these guys: what is going on with their hats? Statler is wearing this very bright orange hat, which doesn't really seem in character for either Statler or Marley. And Waldorf is wearing this shiny gold hat with this big feather in it. Like these seem way too festive for these guys. Well, like we we talked last week about Gonzo and Rizzo's pinstripes and belt buckles that they're suddenly wearing. Yeah. In this scene. 
So I don't know if it's just like everyone's in their their party attire, you know? Okay. I, I don't know. They they didn't want to be left out. They didn't want to seem like right because because I don't really think the pinstripes and belt buckles are really all that appropriate for Gonzo and Rizzo either. But uh, here we are. You know? Yeah. Or the buckle hats. I mean, not belt buckles, but the right, they right. have like the pilgrim buckle hats, like we talked about last week. Okay. Everyone's just wearing their their party outfits. Mm-hmm. I'll buy Wait, that. You guys don't have a, a party hat with a buckle on it. <laughs> I'm not what yet. Do you, what do you wear to weddings, you peasants? <laughs> Not yet, but maybe we should uh, find a way to add that to our tea public store. <laughs> God, Try corners and, buckle hat. Yeah, a party hat with a, with a buckle on it. <laughs> the Ma Bear says she's bored with speeches. She wants to dance. So Fozzie oh, I love like, that, by the way. That, like, yeah, I'm bored with speeches. Let's like dance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that so sounds about good. right for Fozzie, that his, his Ma would, would shoot down his speech that he worked so hard on. If she's not falling asleep during it, she's putting right, it. right, like on the Muppet Show. Um, then Fozzie says, "Here's Mrs. Fozziewig to start the party. Way to go, Ma!" And she starts the and party. And what? How does fist when he says he yeah. does the scooter? Yeah, yeah, he does do the little the fist move. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but but how exactly does Mrs. Fozziewig start the party? She says to the band, "Hit it, boys." That's it. That's all. That's how you start the party. It was, like, what a good son that he like tees up his mom for this. Yeah. You know, you know, you know this, like, and, he, very brief intro. and he takes right after her because he's got his short speech. She's got her short introduction. It's they're very efficient. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's one true. thing that Scrooge learned from Fozziewig was efficiency. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Although I got to say, Scrooge is not as concise in his own. <clears throat> This is like the way he talks to his employees, the way he talks to his his nephew. He, he's he's a lot more wordy. It's so. true. He gets that from uh, Jerry Jewel, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the band starts playing this it's slow, dead. classy instrumental piece. Animal is playing a drum set. They at least the animal have his drums. Um, we can see that the tom toms are made of ginger beer barrels with just some kind of fabric stretched on the top. I like that little detail. Um, I don't know when drum sets were invented i guess there there were drums by by this point dickensian times but uh we also see him hitting this triangle occasionally which is pretty much all he gets to do in this part of the song floyd and janice and zoot are all there too they all appear to be just playing violins this is a very string heavy piece so they're just there with the violins i couldn't really tell what dr teeth is playing is this does he have a little piano any any guesses I, I on that? I couldn't tell. Yeah, Doctor Teeth is presumably playing, playing an instrument of some kind. Victorian instrument X. Yes, exactly. Uh, Lips is not there though. We've had uh, Lips in in movies before, but he's not in this one. R.I.P. Lips. Yeah. I believe. Uh, I believe Great Muppet Caper is the only movie he's in. Right, because we don't see him oh, again until the twenty fifteen. No, you're right. Now. He's not in the yeah, I'm up at Take Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. I should know that yeah. because we just watched it two minutes at a time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rizzo leads Gonzo over to this buffet, and who is serving the buffet? Well, it's the Swedish chef. Here he is making his appearance in this movie. We, we don't get lips, but we do get the Swedish chef. Obligatory. Yes. Yes, you got to have the chef. Uh, this is the one and only time that the chef was performed by David Redman. And like Ryan, Ryan, you talked on the previous episode about how 
no one ever really talks about how Statler and Waldorf sound wrong. Right. And I think that's kind of true with the chef. Like David Rudman doesn't sound much like Jim Henson or Bill Beretta. Here. No. His voice is much higher, but it's just like, it's the Swedish chef. So fine. Who cares? Like he's, he's talking like that. Good enough. You know? Yeah. I would say generally David Rudman's voices are on the, the higher side. Um, especially mm-hmm. compared to Jim Henson or Bill Beretta, I would say that Jim and Bill's yeah. Swedish, Swedish chefs sound more similar to each other. Um, but yeah, I don't, I've never heard anybody say like, Oh, I love the Swedish chef, except for in that Christmas movie. He sounds wrong. Right. <laughs> hey, right. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Although, yeah this you, was... say, you, 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 you said his voices are mostly higher. Uh, I'm going to, because I know someone will bring it up if we don't say it. Even his cookie monster is considerably higher than Frank's. I, I well, that's think. true. Yeah. And, and that's why I said mostly because I was thinking of yeah. cookie monster as a, but, but like even cookie that. is, is like, and I feel like Frank was like, Oh, uh, hi there. And David's like, Oh, hello. I'm, I'm eating cookie, me eating cookie. You know, like there's, it's, yeah. it's in a high register. It sounded just like both of them. No, that's a good demonstration. I, yeah, no, I got what you're going for. <laughs> Yeah. So um He's great. I love his Cookie Monster, to be clear. Oh I'm yeah, not, yeah. He, I'm not knocking David Rudman as Cookie Monster. No, it's maybe one of my the best favorite recast of all Muppets, yeah. Yeah. Agree, yeah. agree. The characterization is just yeah, like spot on. Um but this is the time when uh Jim Henson had recently passed away and they were still sort of trying to figure out to what to do with all of his characters, like um, so we've seen Kermit has been recast. Uh, they would not ca- recast Ralph for a while. Dr. Teeth does not speak in this movie. So they're just sort of figuring it out. So yeah, we got, um, a new person playing the Swedish chef in this one. And it's going to be a different person playing the Swedish chef for his one very brief scene in Muppet Treasure Island. So they're, they're just, it's Brenda there, isn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then from then on. Yeah, yeah, but they're still just kind of trying to figure all this out. Yeah, so the chef uh, is playing with these rubber chickens, singing Deck the Halls, he says. For some reason, I I always try to write down phonetically what the chef is saying. (laughs) So he says, Yeen di shverdi verdi verski. And he yanks the lids off of these two serving platters, and there's two bunches of Muppet grapes who start to sing, fa-la-la-la-la, and that's where this clip ends. So... Fa-la-la-la-la, what? We'll have to wait. On the edge of my seat right now. (laughs) Yes. Could be fa-la-la-la-la anything. We have no idea. Could be fa-la-la-la-linoleum, for all we know. Yes. Oh, man, I wish. Um, And now it occurred to me that I've seen this movie so many times, but if you had asked me, if I were on Habawa and, and our friend Becca asked me, what is, what kind of Muppet food sings fa-la-la-la-la in Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't know that I would be able to answer that question accurately off the top of my head. It would be grapes. Do you think you would have known that? That's that's what I would have said, yeah. You would have guessed grapes or you would have been pretty I can, confident? Yeah, I can, no, I can, yeah. I can if I, if I, I, I get what you're saying, that if I hadn't just watched this and yeah. you told me to guess, I probably would have said like a goose or a ham yeah, sure, be. yeah. Some yeah. kind of Christmassy food. I guess I thought of it because as I was going through and taking notes, I, I had it paused. 
right before the chef was about to pull the lids off. And I was like, oh, this is where the singing food, but then I couldn't remember. Is it? Couldn't is remember it, what food. Is yeah. it lettuce? Is it radishes? Is it the uh, the scallions that, that we're all big fans of? <laughs> the <Muppet laughs> Love scallions. those scallions. Yeah, no, it's grapes. Uh, that's where the clip ends. Um, that is everything I have on this clip. Any final thoughts on these two minutes? Matt, starting with you. Uh, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's been a while, um, since I've watched these, uh, this movie in, in whole and then also in clips, I guess. So, uh, it was just fun to watch it again. It's, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, real nostalgia boost whenever it just kind of pops up randomly when you're not expecting it. And, uh, so, so doing the research again this week, I was like, this is fun. I should watch this. Yeah, it is fun. Anthony, any final thoughts on this clip, or do you have any more uh, for uh, our visit to the old curiosity shop? I have I have two items for the old curiosity shop. Okay. The first one is we talked about Fozzie and Fezziwig having similar names in the uh, annotated Christmas Carol by Michael Patrick Hearn, which I've mentioned many times. He talks about how there were like just ripoff versions of the like unlicensed like rewritten cheapo versions of the book for sale. Oh, did they still call it one. the Christmas Carol? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Hmm. So like, it was, it was just, like, was it like paraphrasing or copying or like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was paraphrasing. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And it mentioned, was like when, one... Oh, sorry. It was like all those like websites where they'll take an article from another website and apparently put it into Google translate or something and translate it back. And, it's kind of the same article, but all the words are synonyms of the original words. Right. Have you right. ever come across yeah. these? Yeah. We just talked about that with an episode of our podcast. We did. Yes. We was... found an episode of our podcast linked on a, some random website and all the, it was, it was... I wish I had it in front of me right now. Maybe I should go <laughs> yeah, look it. Was for co- it. it was, it, it, like it was, it was the labeled... transcript of it? It was like, it was like moving proper alongside or something. Yes. Yes. Title, right? That's it. <laughs> Wait, was it like a transcript of a whole episode? No, no, not the, a transcript. Like, it was just, it was just a name. Oh, okay. The post from the Tough Pigs oh website. Gosh. Yeah. What if what if they had like recorded it and then played it into like Google Voice <laughs> and then translated it back into? Oh, that would be very interesting. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but anyways, in the book, he talks about one that was published by Parley's Illuminated Library in 1844. Dickens wrote to his publisher that this colorable imitation is precisely the same and the characters the same and the names the same with the exception of the name Fezziwig, which is printed fuzzy wig. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes people call fuzzy fuzzy bear. So there you go. Fuzzy. So that's, wig. that's the fuzzy wig cut. Fuzzy. Okay. That's, that's the fuzzy wig cut. Yeah. Huh. That's the, that that's the Zack Snyder's fuzzy wig is gray cut of <laughs> a Christmas Carol. I don't know. Wow. Just, yeah, I always thought that in the Pierce Brosnan episode, it's, I'm sure this is just his accent, but the Pierce Brosnan episode of uh, Muppets Tonight that it sounded like he calls Fozzie fuzzy. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he thinks that's his name. Maybe he just wanted to see how fuzzy the bear was. Yeah. Um, I have an update. The poorly translated version of our podcast post was on a website called AtlantaOnlinePost.com. <laughs> and it was the, the name of it was moving proper alongside 
And where we said with special guest, it said with particular visitor. Um, so it was ours was with special guest Patrick Cotner of the George Lucas Talk Show. And this one said with particular visitor Patrick Cotner of the George Lucas Speak Present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the, oh. the equivalent of those bootleg versions of. A Christmas oh, Carol. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the George Lucas Speak Present, though. It's a, <laughs> yes, it's a very good show. I'm really glad we could get that particular visitor. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. How, particular how visitor. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to say about the book is Fezziwig's party is my absolute favorite sequence in the entire book. Oh, it's just like the most joyful passage. It's just this like enthusiastic celebration of everything about spending the holidays with your family and friends. I used to, uh, at a previous school where I used to work, one of the seventh grade teachers taught a Christmas Carol every year. And I got to read Fezziwig's party out loud every Uh year. Wow. So will you, will you both indulge me to do a reading of my favorite paragraph? Yes, please. Which is they have just set up the dance and we are talking about what the atmosphere is like as the dance is starting up. In came a fiddler with a music book and went up to the lofty desk and made an orchestra of it and tuned like 50 stomach aches. <laughs> Love that. 50 stomach aches. In came Mrs. Fe- Mrs. Fezziwig, one vast substantial smile. In came the three Miss Fezziwigs, beaming and lovable. In came the six young followers whose hearts they broke. In came all the young men and women employed in the business. In came the housemaid with her cousin, the baker. In came the cook with her brother's particular friend, the milkman. In came the boy from over the way, who was suspected of not having bored enough from his master, trying to hide himself behind the girl from next door but one, who was proved to have had her ears pulled by her mistress. In they all came, one after another, some shyly, some boldly, some gracefully, some awkwardly, some pushing, some pulling. In they all came, anyhow and everyhow. Away they all went, twenty couple at once, hands half round and back again the other way, down the middle and up again, round and round in various stages of affectionate grouping, old top top couple always turning up in the wrong place, new top couple starting off again as soon as they got there, all top couples at last and not a bottom one to help them. When this result was brought about, old Fezziwig, clapping his hands to stop the dance, cried out, Well done! And the fiddler plunged his hot face into a pot of porter especially provided for that purpose. <laughs> wow. Wow. The pot of what? Porter beer? Oh, like okay. Dark, dark yeah. beer. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice reward for Jerry that. Jewell wrote all of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you can see what I mean. Like just like the energy is so it's yeah. it's chaotic but like so much fun. Oh my gosh. I want to like I want to so fun, right? I want, I want in came Matt Wilkie to be put in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that and you just you just want to be at that party. You can like imagine it, yeah. You want that invitation. So I, I love the phrase anyhow and everyhow. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah that, that Charles Dickens, he knew what he was doing. He, I guess he knew so. a thing or two about writing, yeah. 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 Like that's one of those things is I think we we think like, oh, old writing is all boring or whatever, but no, it's I mean it's a classic for a reason. Right, exactly. Yeah, these are the books that have that have stuck around. Huh. Well, that is great. So thank you thank, for sharing that. Thank you for letting me do that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that. of course. I'm going to have to look for some, some kind of like public domain fiddle based party music to put under that. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> it's gotta be something out there. 
So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then uh, with that, we can move on to Matt. We like to ask our guests um, a couple of questions. Do you, what's your history with this movie? Where do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? And is this something that you watch every year around the holidays? Uh, yeah, well, I, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I saw it, uh, if I'm doing my math right, when I was seven years old. And it was like that sweet spot where you're still just in love with the Muppets. And um, so, so yeah, really big fan. Um, it's not something I watch every year. And uh, that's only because I don't, um, I'm not a person who traditionally watches something. I used to traditionally watch Christmas Eve on Sesame Street every Christmas Eve. And then I realized that, that I just want to have like, a big variety. So every year I'm just sure. kind of pulling new stuff, pulling old stuff. Um, I really like now going through uh, like a, like a certain TV show and I'll watch like every Christmas episode from cheers or I'll watch mm. every Christmas episode from friends or like something like that. Um, yeah, that, that's, too. I yeah, love that's, that too. Yeah. That's a kind of just, yeah. So, so I, so I mix it up every year. So um, like I was saying earlier, it's been a while since I've seen this in full and um, I can't believe it's been that long. Like s- sitting there the other day watching this, just two minutes of it, I was like, this is a magical thing that came together so beautifully. Uh, it brings up so much nostalgia for, you know, being with my siblings at Christmas and watching it with them. Uh, so it's, so it's, it's a beautiful movie um, all told. And so uh, a very big favorite. Um, where would I rank it though? That's a tough one. Mm. Because if I'm ranking it as a Christmas movie, that's one ranking. If I'm ranking it as a Muppet movie, that's a different one, you know, because it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The adaptations are good and I like them a lot, but I do rank them a lot lower just because they're adaptations. Um, sure. So, so let me think. Um, maybe like fifth, fifth favorite. Okay. Out of the theatricals. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Um, where would you rank it on the list of every Christmas movie ever made? Well, I think for that, we should ask my good friend, Santa Claus. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, every Christmas movie ever made. Um, fourth. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I don't know what the other three are off yeah. the top of my head. But <laughs> I'll say fourth. Okay. I assume one of them is Christmas with the Cranks. That's probably like number two. It's, it's <laughs> one and two. Yeah. Okay. Oh man! Um, so good good Emmett Walsh performance, but otherwise, man, I saw it in the theater, but I could not tell you anything about it. <laughs> Other than is that the one where like they get in a tanning bed? Yeah, yep. They get like sunburned at a tanning bed. Yeah, yeah. for Christmas. It's, it's, yeah, that's the one where they were going to go on a vacation, and then the <laughs> the kids made them throw Christmas. Right? That yeah. sounds right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, with that, we're going to wrap things up so we can all go watch Christmas with the Cranks. And uh, you can uh, find us uh, at toughpigs.com on the internet and everywhere you can think to look for us on social media. Thanks to Morgan Davey for our logo. You can support us on Patreon. We would really appreciate that. Patreon.com slash toughpigs. You can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. I am on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. So please follow us in those places. 
Matt, where can people find you or your work or whatever on the internet? And if you want to tell us where to find Santa, that would also be great too. You can find him right here next to me, Santa. Um, so uh, um, you can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, writing Wilkie. Um, that's writing like writing a letter and uh, Wilkie like uh, me, Matt Wilkie. And uh, I'm on, I'm on the socials there. Um, not, a, not a lot to, to kind of kick up and promote. Um, but I do just want to say that I'm a huge fan of tough pigs. Always have been, always will be, um, love being a part of it. Huh. And, uh, if you're not subscribed, if you're not on their Patreon, get on that. Cause it's like, it's a great thing. It's, it's so much fun content and, uh, cool stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. You can get bonus, uh, newsletters every month and you can submit questions for our video Q and A's where, uh, we take turns, uh, Joe and Jared and myself answering those, those Q and A questions. We've been getting some really good questions lately. So if you yeah. want to be a part of that, patreon.com slash tough pigs. Uh, so that is just about it. Uh, also listeners, if you can give us a positive review anywhere, you can find uh, a place to leave positive reviews for podcasts online. And tell everyone you know, all your coworkers, all the, the the rats and dogs and whatnots that you work with about this show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. It'll be dumb. It'll be obvious. It'll be pointless. And actually, we can't guarantee it'll be short. But we'll see you then. Way to go, ma! <laughs> <laughs> We're starting over. I'm doing my rap again. Oh, do you want to do you want to do that right now? <laughs> you want me? To? No, I would just be curious to see if you actually could do it uh, from memory. Here, cut it out. But I'll try. Do you want me to try? Okay. Do you want me to try? Try. Yeah. All right. Here, I'm shutting my iPad. Okay. So I'm not looking. You can see that I'm not looking at it. This might Anthony go at the Strand end of the episode. Back again, talking about the Muppets with my co-host and friend. It's Ryan Rowe from Austin TX. If it doesn't feel like Christmas yet, it will next. A podcast present coming down from the shelf. I play Charles Dickens and Ryan plays himself. Michael Caine, two-time Oscar winner, paid Bean Bunny to bring us a turkey dinner. No more sleeps until we start this gig. We're going to throw a party just like Fozzie Wig. When love is gone, you'll find some more right here. Every single week ahead of Christmas cheer. We'll have some great guests. We just can't go wrong. It's Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm moving right along. Oh, you did have it memorized. Amazing. <laughs>